It's Tuesday, March the 16th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, Germany suspends AstraZeneca jab and the EU sues Britain over Brexit. First, the world in brief. France, Germany and Italy became the latest European countries temporarily to stop administering the Oxford University AstraZeneca COVID-19 jab, citing the worry that it heightens the risk of blood clots. AstraZeneca said data from 17 million people who have had its vaccine show no increased risk. Indeed, the company's review, conducted alongside European health authorities, found fewer clotting cases than would be expected naturally. The World Health Organization advised countries to continue to administer the jab, Australia said it will, and Mexico reportedly asked to borrow doses from America's stockpile. India recorded 26,291 new COVID-19 cases yesterday, the most in a day this year, whereas in September 2020 it was clocking 100,000 a day. The western state of Maharashtra accounted for most of them. Health officials say that the jump could be caused by lax adherence to public health measures as well as the arrival of new variants. The European Union launched legal action against Britain for unilaterally easing trading conditions for businesses in Northern Ireland in an alleged breach of the Brexit withdrawal agreement. This month, Britain extended grace periods on Irish Sea border checks from the end of March to October. Britain could be taken to the European Court of Justice and face trade sanctions. Facebook agreed to pay News Corp for content that the social media firm hosts in Australia. News Corp, which is owned by Rupert Murdoch, is the country's largest newspaper publisher. Last month, Facebook temporarily removed all news from its Australian site after the government introduced a law requiring it to pay publishers for their material. The Wall Street Journal reported that China's government demanded that Alibaba divest its media assets. The tech giant has been in the crosshairs since Jack Ma, its founder, made unflattering remarks about state-owned banks last year. Alibaba owns stakes in several social and traditional media outlets, including Weibo and the South China Morning Post. The government reportedly resents its influence over public opinion. Beijing was hit by its worst sandstorm in a decade. The city was bathed in an orange haze and air pollution rocketed to 160 times the World Health Organization's recommended limit in some places. Hundreds of flights were delayed or cancelled. People with respiratory conditions were advised to stay indoors. Hundreds of people were missing in Mongolia as the sandstorm hit there. And armed men abducted a group of primary school children and their teachers in northwestern Nigeria. It is not yet clear how many people were kidnapped. The attack is the fifth on a school in three months. More than 700 pupils and teachers have been snatched since December. This is the first time primary-age children have been the targets. And now, here's today's agenda. The only way is up. China's economy. China's key economic indicators for January and February, published yesterday, were buoyant. Industrial production and retail sales, for example, are soaring, 35.1% and 33.8% higher than a year ago, respectively, beating consensus forecasts. 
Fixed asset investment surged by 35% year-on-year but still fell below expectations. The rocket-fueled figures are harder to decipher than usual because they are compared to record lows last year during the first wave of COVID-19 outbreaks. Macquarie, a bank, says that if you remove the effect of the pandemic, underlying retail sales were up by 3.1% for the first two months of 2021. This implies consumption accelerated after a few small outbreaks were brought under control in Beijing in January. Oxford Economics, a research group, says it expects household consumption to become a key driver of economic growth from the second quarter of 2021 as travel restrictions are eased. But in the first quarter, growth will remain sluggish. Scientific superpower, Britain's post-Brexit foreign policy. Today, Britain's government will publish what it describes as the most comprehensive overhaul of its foreign, security, defence and aid policy since the end of the Cold War. The 100-page review, Global Britain in a Competitive Age, will set out an ambition for Britain to be recognised as a science superpower by the end of the decade, leading the world in green technology. A more detailed defence paper next week will spell out the armed forces' plans to invest heavily in technology, including a new offensive cyber force and drones, and to play a more active role in peacetime through military exercises and deployments. Despite continuing spats over Brexit, the security of Europe will remain Britain's priority. But in the face of a growing challenge from China, there will also be deeper engagement with the rising powers of Asia, epitomised by the dispatch of Britain's new aircraft carrier to the region later this year. Integration Issues – Georgia and the European Union Georgia has long sought ever closer union with Europe, or even within it, since the pro-Western Rose Revolution in 2003, its politicians have often invoked the desire to become an EU member. In January, Georgi Gakaria, then Prime Minister, announced that Georgia would apply for membership in 2024. That goal is already in jeopardy. Last month, Mr Gakaria resigned in protest against plans to arrest Nika Melia, an opposition leader, which he thought undemocratic. His successor, Irakli Garibashvili, had no such compunctions. In February, police dragged Mr Melia from his party's headquarters. He is accused of inciting violence during protests in 2019, a charge he claims is politically motivated. This does not sit well with the EU. On a visit to Georgia this month, Charles Michel, the European Council president, suggested that a closer relationship with the bloc would be contingent on electoral reform. Today, Mr. Garibashvili meets EU leaders in Brussels, expects stern words. Hot ticket vaccine passports in Europe. The European Commission will this week put forward a proposal for block wide vaccine passports, meant to ease travel for those who have received an EU approved jab or have recovered from COVID 19. Countries that depend heavily on tourism, such as Greece, are particularly keen on the scheme, which they hope will help them lure back spendthrift visitors. But not everyone is on board. Politicians in France and Belgium oppose the idea of cross-border travel passes, arguing that a programme that grants rights to some people but not others is discriminatory and against European values. Some experts doubt whether the idea is medically sound. 
In January, the World Health Organization cautioned against making international travel contingent on proof of vaccination or immunity, noting that it was still unclear whether jabs stop transmission. Greece may get its tourists this summer, but they'll come with a risk. Half a Millennium of History – Hispanic-Filipino Relations the Juan Sebastián Elcano, a sail-training ship belonging to the Spanish Navy, drops anchor off the eastern Philippines today, exactly 500 years after the Spanish expedition that first circumnavigated the globe reached the Asian archipelago. Filipinos have mixed feelings about the arrival of the Elcano. Although many are happy to celebrate a historical feat of seamanship, they are mindful that the expedition the Elcano is commemorating heralded three and a half centuries of Spanish colonization of the Philippines. Spanish imperial rule also created religious divisions which remain an enduring source of friction. The Spanish introduced Christianity to the islands. Today, four-fifths of Filipinos remain Catholic, but before their arrival, Islam had already begun to supplant some indigenous religions. Now, centuries later, a few Muslim Filipinos under the flag of Islamic State remain violently at odds with Christianity. A Philippine warship is escorting the Elcano just in case of any trouble. Finally, here's the quote of the day from James Madison, who was born on this day in 1751. Conscience is the most sacred of all property. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening. 